Gee, Steve, what are we going to do tonight? Same thing we do every podcast. Tell them how we season. How We Sees It, episode 103. We're doing a Band of Brothers, uh, episodes 6 through 10. Uh, last week, our last episode, uh, depending on how you're listening to this, was uh, the Band of Brothers uh, 1 through 5. So, and that was, uh, we recorded that the day before Veterans Day, had Veterans Day, and now we're now we're doing the next part. And that was episode 102. What's the regiment that they follow in uh, Easy Company? Is that 101 it's one, and 102? It's, it's the one, the 101st. Okay, but they also follow the 102nd too at one point, right? I think they. Well, they they are the 101st Division, Airborne Division. There's other divisions. I don't know if they follow anybody necessarily, um, but Easy Company is part of the 101st Airborne Division. Okay, I remember one of the episodes uh, where. Oh, they talk uh, about like there's the 103rd and there's like the 82nd Airborne. There's, there's the other third. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good because this is a hundred third episode. So yeah, I was just yeah, was it's just, just another some synchronicity there that was kind of yeah, it's just another division. Uh, okay. it, they they I I can't speak to a hundred percent, but uh, my my army friends out there would know better. But yeah, there it's all basically like this is you know all these guys are under one division. They're all in charge, you know, by one guy, and then there will be a whole nother division that's ran by another person and stuff like that. So, um, and it's a lot of people. I, I'm. I think at one point, I remember saying there's like, like over three, four hundred people uh, in like the hundred first airborne. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's <laughs> when you when we're watching the show, it doesn't seem like there's that many people. It seems like there's a lot less, but there's actually quite a few people. Doesn't Lipton point out at the end of uh, one of the episodes that you know they went into um, one of the battles with 165 or 100? I think that was D-Day. Men, and they came out with. I think this was the right right at the beginning of uh, of the of. Uh, yeah, when they uh, when they dropped on when they dropped on Normandy, they dropped with um, like 150, and that's just Easy Company. Okay, but they that's ended up with 65 at the end of uh, the Battle of Foy, I think. Yeah, so. and that's I believe what he's talking about is just Easy Company, if I'm not mistaken. Sure. Yeah. Like, you know. Right. Are yeah. are okay. oh, well. Hmm, maybe not. Maybe that's because there's Dog Company and all the others too, Fox and maybe maybe it's the whole. I don't know. It seems like it might just be easy. And there's like hundred and something in each company. Well, the more relevant uh, idea is the percentage <laughs> where it went. It got you know it, yeah. it lost about sixty five percent of their men to uh, uh, you know to death or yeah. When, when, oh yeah, yeah. Well, they're. So so many wounded that's that was what amazed me it was actually i was i thought there was a higher percentage of death percent per person compared to just the wounded number and then you know they talk about some of those guys in there and we're getting deep right into it right away well um, you know i think it's i think watching a, a war film adds more uh it feels more real when they uh, address wounded because that seemed oh like for sure it was all over it and in, in so many in so many kind of uh, fiction movies that depict war, it's like one they just shot all die. down, yeah, and, and there's no there's no suffering, there's no um, <laughs> and, right. and so you lose a little bit of that reality of right. of, of what war is is really about. So that's a, a nod to this, yeah. 
Right, and in these episodes that we're going to talk about, it gets deep into some of that, uh, the wounding and the, the suffering and stuff like that. But before we get there and then start talking about suffering, we're, we're uh, going to get into, uh, first off, I want to introduce myself. I'm Noah. I'm one of the hosts here. And with me, as always, is my main man, Steve. Hi, hi, Steve. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Um, and one of the things we like to do on this podcast, how, how we seize it, is we come up with a drink or a cocktail or a beer, something, it doesn't have to even be alcoholic sometimes, but uh, we match it up to the, the whatever it is we're talking about. And since we're talking about a band of brothers, I know you got two and I got two, so uh, <laughs> we, we can split this one up and do a one and one if you want. Sounds good. Well, I'll just get right. I'll get started with, uh, you know, my takeaway from last week where I got the bottle of Vat 69. And this certainly uh, uh, carries through in some of these episodes with Nixon trying to get a hold of more Vax, Vat 69. But, right. but I just poured myself a, 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 a shot or well, a, a tumbler with with a couple ounces of, of Vat 69. Two fingers. On, two fingers <laughs> on the rocks. Um and uh, and I, I called it a, you know, in b- both my drinks, I kind of pulled out uh, little nicknames that were thrown out, thrown out, <laughs> you know, kind of like they do in the in the uh, in the shows. Uh, but uh, this one's um, I called uh, Mrs. Nixon's baby boy, which is something that uh, uh, Nixon refers to himself when he's when he's, you know, right. in one, one of his depressed states when, uh, when he, <laughs> he can't get his drink on. And, and so so I, so this is Mrs. Nixon's baby boy. It's just it's just two fingers of uh, maybe I don't know, it's on the rocks. So I don't know if you measure on the rocks with. Fingers. Yeah, I don't think he ever I never <laughs> saw him take it on the rocks. He was always straight from the straight from the bottle. or oh, yeah. The, yeah, I know. I, I'm, I'm he was, a he was for, hardcore for, for having a little whiskey with uh, with ice. But, <laughs> um, um, so. Yeah, good. So good. that's what I got. <laughs> All right. So uh, I made two, and and mine kind of ended up with the theme a little bit. Um, I, uh, I I got looking around and and trying to figure out how I could praise, show some praise for for the first airborne and things like that. And one of the things about the first airborne is they have that eagle patch that they get to wear on their uh, shoulder on their sleeve after they and i think it's also on their their hats and stuff like that once they've uh completed their jump training and got their wings and stuff like that and so it's the screaming eagle so it's the 101st uh screaming eagle so i found a couple screaming eagle cocktails and there was a couple different ones that i was like oh okay some were for other sports teams uh this one i don't know if it was for a sports team or not but it just it had some stuff that i had at home so i thought i'd go and uh, i changed it up a tiny bit to make it more of a 101st uh, screaming Eagle. So it starts off with two ounces of the Brothers Bond bourbon, right? Because I got that that Brothers Bond bourbon because that was my tie to it. I, I kind of just like the the Brothers, you know, band of Brothers kind of bourbon. Yeah. Uh, it originally had called for a coconut rum. So I changed that out just to make it a little bit more for the 101st Screaming Eagle. Uh, then it has two ounces of peach schnapps. And this, the reason I went with this one is because they don't talk about it a lot in the show of what they're drinking, but a lot of the men are drinking towards the last couple of episodes. And in the book uh, by Ambrose, he talks about schnapps is one of the things that uh, a lot of they were drinking a lot of. And, and then he goes even to the point where he's saying, like, none of most of these guys were young and had never even drank before, and they didn't even know what they were getting into. And so they were drinking whole bottles of schnapps <laughs> and just getting snockered. So I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> Schnockered. Uh, then we got four ounces of cranberry juice and two ounces of orange juice. And we got this nice kind of wow. bright red that's, that's uh, screaming full. eagle. <laughs> yeah. I think I added a little bit extra to get the full glass, but. Extra what? Extra cranberry um, juice? A little, every, no, a little of everything. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> 
Oh, it's actually really tasty. Nice. That's something you could drink on like a summer day. Uh, especially, it's got a, it's got enough of the bourbon in there that you get a little bit of that bourbon flavor, that kind of musty kind of bourbon taste to it. But the orange juice and the cranberry really kind of give it a tartness. It makes it very tasty. I like it. So uh, then uh, we're up for your second. All right. Uh, my second came from a couple different angles. So um, it was originally inspired, uh, the name was inspired by, um, you know, I, I talked a lot about Malar Malarkey last last week as, as uh, my favorite character to, to follow. And in this, he's got a pretty tragic episode here where uh, he loses uh, his, uh -huh. uh, his two best friends. But especially, right. uh, you know, Muck, uh, Skip uh, is... I actually did a little research on that, found out a little bit more about them. I guess, you know, they were they were best friends and they actually got separated or split up because they were too close and <laughs> came back together. Uh, but um, he ends up seeing him, you know, well, they get killed in the in the uh, in the uh, in the the shells. Yeah, the shellings. Uh, episode he, seven he, and, yeah, and best he and, he and uh uh, Pankala, I guess, get killed yeah. uh, right in front of Luz, uh, where they get they get shelled. And uh, but there's in that same episode, there you know they're reading some letters, and and uh, and Muck gets this letter from uh, his girl back home, and they say Sweet Faye Tanner, and and that just kind of resonated, and I thought, oh, that sounds like <laughs> a good name for a drink. So I, I actually did a little bit of research on Sweet on Faye Tanner, uh, who was Muck's girlfriend, um, and. And I thought it was interesting that Malarkey, you know, stayed in touch. He wrote her, but he didn't want to, he didn't, he didn't, he, they were planning to meet, but mm -hmm. uh, after the war, but uh, they didn't. And he said, and this, and this is what, what I wrote down. He said, um, he did not go meet Faye Tucker out of fear. He might disrespect Skip by falling in love with her. And I thought, oh, oh my God, <laughs> yeah. Um, but they stepped. They they kept writing, and then they met at a reunion in the '90s where they both kind of broke down, uh, talking about him. But uh, it's it sounded like uh, that was a, a, a kind of a very bittersweet relationship. So anyway, I went looking for a bittersweet cocktail uh, oh. in honor of that, and I also added a um, a Bordeaux because there's this great scene where uh, where the the um, they break into the wine well it's one of the who's who's is this discovery it's, it's in of, an eagle's uh, nest in uh, uh, hitler's uh, wine Reich cellar marshall goring's wine cellar containing sixteen thousand bottles i did a little bit more research on this too because it was great i guess when they got a hold of it there was about ten thousand bottles left and um one of his one of the one of the highlights was a, a bordeaux from chateau lafitte rothschild um which sounds <laughs> like it's a you know they talk about the million dollar hangovers because they all just right. drank and drank all this <laughs> stuff so anyway i found a bordeaux based uh drink it's called it's a bordeaux sour and um it is bittersweet because it's got it's got brown sugar it's also got bitters um and um and and I, I added some VAT 69, a couple ounces of that, and of an ounce of uh, ounce of Bordeaux. I didn't get mine from uh, the Chateau Lafitte Rothschild because <laughs> that would have put me out quite a bit. But I did. Uh, yeah. I did get a Bordeaux blend. Um, nice. And um, and I called it a sweet Fay Tanner just in honor nice. of, of that story. So it looks pretty tasty. It's topped with a maraschino cherry, 
Yeah, it's got some lemon juice in there too. I, I you can you know when you post the the uh, yeah the recipe, you can get all the details. <laughs> I, I I was so busy last week with Veterans Day and a bunch of other stuff going on. I I haven't even posted from last week yet, so I got I'm gonna put them both up here soon. To, probably this is good. Morning. This is nice. <laughs> it, it, yeah, nice. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> For those that can't see, he's actually very into it, and yeah. uh, that's uh, that's a good thing. It's kind of like a sangria, actually, but it, but it, it's tasty. okay. Yeah, but nice. That's good stuff. Yeah, no, that's cool. I'm glad, I'm glad you and you know, and you're right. The stories that you know, uh, you, if you do some more research, which I had never really done until we started looking into this podcast. But yeah, the the stories that you can find, and just just from Ambrose's books, I finished that today. There's so much that they they you don't even get in the stories uh, that you're just like, oh man, and some of some of it's combined into the other stuff, but they do tell a lot of a lot of the stories that happened that they got straight from these people. All right, so uh, the other one, I think you talked about it. Uh, the I don't know, I thought it was up at the Eagle's Nest, but Eagle's Nest was where Hitler's final last stand, kind of his little special hideaway where he used to make. You know, they say they talk about having all these other, you know, the Italians uh, and all these others come and uh, grovel at his feet a little bit, but it's <laughs> his little, you know, up in this high, this mountain, it's apparently a gold-plated elevator to get to it and all this stuff. So the the Easy was the first one to get to it, and, you know, that was kind of a cool thing. I thought that's where the, the alcohol, the, the cellar was, but yeah, I, now that I, I think back, no, it wasn't. Yeah, it was a little disjointed episode where they kind of yeah. bounced around <laughs> a couple places, and so I think there was... I think it was. It was another else. house, but uh, but it was close. Yeah, but so there was a thing, and and you know they, there's a there's a couple scenes where they show the guys drinking and a lot of drinking champagne apparently, and you know some of them are like this is just like soda pop and, and <laughs> from the from the Ambrose book and stuff like that. So I I had started out to go find a um, a, a champagne based drink, um, and uh, so I was like oh, and I was looking around and I found a couple. But then I went to go find champagne. Like, actually, I wanted to get real champagne. I know you have to get champagne. It has to be from uh, <laughs> Champagne, France, and all that. Uh, and I couldn't find any where I was looking. It was just, it was a lot of California-based uh, sparkling wines. And I, I was think like, there is huh. actually one place in California that can get away with calling it champagne. My brother was telling oh, okay. me about this. And uh, I think it's pretty close, uh, but I, I I don't I don't have more details than that. So go on. <laughs> so uh, so then I changed my, my my ways, and then I just I found one called the Eagle's Nest, and I'm like, well, that's perfect. I'm, I'm gonna I'm go. gonna go with that. And so uh, it's a super simple drink, um, and uh, so I, I I wanted to do the two with the 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 screaming eagles, and I was gonna have the screaming eagle eagles take over the Eagle's Nest. So I'm gonna drink that one down and then finish it up with with my uh, my last one. But this one starts off with two ounces of vodka, um, and then a half ounce of triple sec, and then three ounces of a margarita mix. Pretty simple, and then top. It said to top it off with a, a dark rum, but I wanted to go with my Band of Brothers theme, so I brought out that uh, Brothers Bond bourbon again and just topped it <laughs> off with that, and so went with that. So nice little, nice. kind of like a little margarita looking thing. Yeah, I mean, you could have just gone with like a like lime and and simple syrup. Yeah. You already got the triple sec, so rather than the. Um, I just went with exactly what it said, and, and I ha happen the, to and have you it. You got the limes in your backyard, don't you? Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do. We got a, it's a, I think it's a key lime tree, but we only like, it's just now starting to give us fruit after about eight years. And I think last year we got a total of about twenty limes. Uh, <laughs> so hopefully this year it kicks its butt into gear and gets us some more. 
But yeah, so those were my two drinks. I had the, the 101st Screaming Eagle and then the Eagle's Nest. And then Steve had his uh, Mrs. Uh, Nix's Baby Boy. <laughs> and then and then your, what was the other one? that it was Sweet uh, the Sweet Fate Tanner. Nice. So pretty good drinks. Uh, I had a fun time, you know, as always, trying to figure out. I think sometimes I spent more time thinking about what I'm going <laughs> to drink than I do studying some well, of the other I, stuff. And, but. and I think that's a great angle. Like, I, th I think I've said this many times in the past. It's a good way of thinking about material because a lot of people have heard podcasts uh, over, right. over about the same stuff. So it just it gives us a little perspective. We're, we're throwing, you know, even probably people do pairings, too. But uh, but we come up yeah. with, with our own <laughs> and it it puts us in a in a in a, it's our, gives it's our it, own gives little us, thing, gives us a perspective on, on what we're watching. So. So, uh, right. and not just, not just drinking, <laughs> the fact that exactly. we're drinking gives us one perspective, but just the fact that we're <laughs> researching and, and finding different angles. I like that. You know? Yeah. And that's why seize it in how the seizes is so, so long is because we're usually slurred a little bit from how long, how much we've been drinking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, let's get a little bit into this first episode, Bastone. So, um, I, I had forgotten after watching it last time that, um, I kind of combined seven and six together and um, I forgot, yeah. I, I kind of forgot that, I, I kind of switched them in a way. I thought the big shelling was in this one, but it, it had some shelling, but not the big, big one that we got in the next one. But this was more about um, the medic. doctor or the, yeah. the medic. Yeah, Eugene, yeah. Eugene, yeah. Eugene Rowe, who, <laughs> so he actually is uh, uh, on that, that official uh, HBO podcast, HBO Planet uh, Brothers podcast. He's one of the guys they talk to. Uh, which is pretty funny because he plays, he has a Cajun accent and this and stuff, but he's actually a, a British soldier or a British uh, actor. So he's, he's English though. They were, uh, well, you know, there's lots, you know, even, you know, you look at winters, winters, I believe is, yep. is, is, is oh British, my God. And, uh, you know, it's almost like they took over, uh, the, uh, it was about half and half the cast. <laughs> yeah, it was about half and half. So interesting enough, um, the last episode, episode 10 of that podcast, they have um, the actor who played uh, Winners, and uh, that's uh, Damian Lewis. So he has such a good, strong, normal, just basic American accent in this, like you would never know. He has such a strong British accent, accent in real <laughs> life. It is almost hard to understand him. It's so crazy. I was like, it doesn't even sound like the same guy at all. You're like, yeah. holy crap. But he did such an incredible job. But yeah, uh, he's, Eugene he's Rose. Gone, you know, he went on to do, what was the, what's the Homeland? Uh, did you ever, you ever watched Homeland? He was in the first season of Homeland. Was it maybe the second season? I don't know if I ever did see that. Excellent. And then, uh, then there's a Showtime series called, I believe, Billionaires that uh, he's on too so he's he's done some some great work since since then and, and continues to most of the actors did like most of them really just you know went from where they were which is minor parts to just blowing up most of them have done something mm -hmm. big since then so uh but yeah shane taylor was a uh, eugene rowe um who was the medic and they you know they talked a lot about in in that other stuff and and you see it in this is that um, medics had a special, a special place in the military where, you know, they didn't carry guns. They, they basically were along the, along the line just to try and help save people. And, and they put themselves out on the line. And, and although we saw it in one of the other episodes where, uh, one of the medics got shot, uh, typically they wouldn't shoot, you wouldn't shoot at medics. Um, it was just kind of a just a known thing and um 
but you know when you're shelling it just you're you're not shooting at anybody you're just shooting at an area and getting whatever you get but uh i mean these guys put their life on the line just as much as everybody else but they did it in such a different way it was so crazy so they gained so much respect from the men but on the same man they also caught a lot of shit from the guys because they were they weren't necessarily in the same group a little bit you know right they're, they're, yeah. so real 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 crazy how it was and um interesting to see how they were just trying to scrounge for for any sort of uh, oh my god uh you know medical uh morphine and and little kits and just just anything they can get a hold of um, so listening to some of the stuff about what actually happened with best on and and the stuff they 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 almost they almost don't say how show how bad it really was these guys went in with, you know, they talk about the clothes and stuff, not having the right boots and right, you know, cold gear. Uh, they didn't have blankets. They barely had any food. They were down at one point to like one bullet a man kind of thing. Wow. Um, just ridiculous. It's just like, and there was no, the, no grenades, no mortars, no nothing. Um, they did the, the, the cool part we did see in the last one was our, our cameo by, um, Oh my god, I can't remember his name. The the Tonight Show guy now, uh, Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy, so that was Jimmy a, Kimmel. Or no, right, Jimmy Fallon. You're no, right. it's Fallon. That's right. Uh, was what she thought it was. Last week. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I, was, I was like, I could kept good going. Um, so I I heard about that a little bit more, and so that guy apparently heard about all this stuff. He grabbed a jeep, went and grabbed his stuff, went back, and he ended up making like two or three tri trips back to this depot and filling up this truck as much as he could just to try and get these guys uh, it, whatever he could. So, I mean, just the little things that people did. It's it's amazing that, you know, and like it's it's so hard to comprehend. But the fact that the guys were in that kind of weather with very little food, very little uh, the right clothes, you know. You know, it's like being outside without without a snow jacket, but being in the snow, you know, it it creeps up on you, and then having to dig a hole, you get all sweaty. Then you have to relax. <laughs> you know, it just freezes on you. It's like, man, right, right. Um, now, Eugene Doc uh, kind of meets and and has a bond with that Belgian yes. nurse. I don't know if we ever caught her name but uh um yes actually the it, it and she is a an actual person that was um talked about and i don't know in i think they said in in real life they don't know for sure if if roe and her ever really met or corresponded like they did in the show that that was that's kind of a, a fabricated portion to to mm -hmm. do that but um no she was an actual nurse there um and and the men of easy knew about her and stuff like that and i think maybe roe talked about her or something like that but it wasn't the the kind of romantic type well thing i don't think they, they showed really, they don't really they didn't really show it as a, as a romantic thing you got the mm -hmm. sense that there was a there was a bond and certainly it could have been i took it as a as a, a potential romantic bond not that they played off of it and did anything more but i felt that it was kind of that now after he finds that uh you know her the the building's gone down and and he finds her mm -hmm. scarf or you know and he takes it with her he goes back and he actually uses it to help patch up uh one of his one of his uh fox fox mates mm -hmm. but but um he calls he calls the fox his whole fox mate babe um yep which is, babe which, is, which is his nickname and it was kind mm -hmm. of a it was a it was like the first time he ever used a nickname and so it kind of stood out what what did you make of that i, I didn't quite know what <laughs> what that represented was some sort of 
evolution of his character that he he could I, now connect a little bit at a level that was deeper but i didn't i didn't know what what it meant i i think he was it, they were just trying to show that he kind of his his philosophy and mind has kind of had a slight change so I like he he kept his distance from these people because he was the medic and he didn't want to get yeah. close but but exactly. once but once the nurse, uh, once the I think because she had she had a a profound effect on him about like hey you know maybe maybe you know don't don't stay so walled up yeah you know don't don't keep yourself so walled away um, is kind of where I took from it um, so yeah, yeah I, I yeah I believe that's kind of what it was and and I'm kind of going off of what the actor was talking about because I. I can't remember if he got to talk to the actual doctor or the doctor already died and he talked to the family. But, um, so, uh, I'm trying to find her name. She had a, she had, she had a, an actual name in the show. Um, <laughs> that's all right. But yeah, so they were talking about like, uh, the big thing about him using, um, her hat, um, at the end after, after everything and stuff like that was kind of like, um, being able to um, pay last homage to it. Like, you know, she was so much into, like he was, he's there to heal and stuff like that, that, you know, instead of just keeping it in as a souvenir or whatever, you know, to 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 have her be there to help people all the way through, on the you know, all the way out kind of thing. Yeah. It was kind of like, a, a, and, and so that was awesome. Uh, it was uh, Renee Lemire. I think was that, her name Le, that was her actual name or the, the that was the, the name of the the nurse no no the 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 actress was juicy lucia <laughs> janae um yeah there's a lot of j's in there i was getting all jumbled i believe that's who it was supposed to be renee i, I remember the I first know, name jumbling is j's <laughs> uh yeah I'm, I'm only a little bit into my drinks <laughs> but yeah so she was an actual nurse um, that was in Bastogne and everything like that, and then and he did die, and so apparently that was that that was all true fact. So that uh, the the hospital that they were doing the the makeshift hospital was bombed, and that that so it wasn't just her in there. There was also a bunch of uh, wounded uh, soldiers in there too that they don't really talk about. But yeah, it was one of the bigger bigger big hits that you know um, happened during that. So crazy crazy aspect i mean man just but bastone was one of those places that was a key a key to to winning essentially be, by being able to keep that and we got lucky in a way and they try and show this that you know the germans ha if if they would have just overran the company you know they they if they just didn't know that they were so undermanned and under uh supplied and everything like that that it was kind of we just got a little bit lucky so yeah, well, they weren't aware, and that's that's part of it. You that's that's uh, you know, in a fight, you no one's up, half the battle. You stand up a little <laughs> taller to say, "Hey, I got more than maybe I actually have," and and that's yeah. that's it's all kind of trying to play well, the part of of yeah. the, the aggressor. But it was also one of the most costly uh, interactions for uh, it, not just uh, Easy Company, I think, but just you know, in general, there was a lot, a lot of deaths and a lot of injuries there. But it definitely was, I think, they said the biggest. Um, hit on on Easy Company by themselves. I mean, they lost more men in, in to death and injury in that than I think in any other individual 
um, battle or or area. Well, it goes from there into um, Arden. Boy. Arden uh, for you know in the episode Breaking Point, which follows uh, for Sergeant Lipton most of the time. Um, uh, right. And uh, so so I even though it kind of felt like the same place, you know. The, well, it starts off similar because they they get shelled again. Yeah. Right. And it's still in the and snow. The, <laughs> yeah. So well, and, and this and that's where we lose. That's where actually. Um, Muck and Pakala get um, blasted in their foxhole. Right. And, and then uh, Toy and Garnier both lose their leg. Right. Um, and then Les lose... and Lipton get hit with the dud that probably could have taken them out if it didn't uh, <sighs> if it didn't just sit there and, and, and God. fizzle out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I guarantee they shit themselves. I know. I they were talking earlier. I almost shit myself watching shit in the fox in the foxhole. <laughs> yeah, shit that was... <laughs> probably probably what it was. It's left over yeah. from from all the that that to me was, that was just the most messed up thing. But that's something <laughs> that like yeah, you're like oh those fuckers. I mean, the, but that I mean, crazy how that all happened. But yeah, that was you know that was such a dramatic part and such a harsh part. I mean like you just sit there and kind of like almost are numb while you're watching it because, you know, you see the, they're, you know, it's, uh, I can't remember who it was. It's Lutz. Yeah. Lutz is crawling towards the foxhole and just sees those guys just, they're one yeah. minute gone. The next. Yeah. They're like screaming at him. Get over here. Get over here. <laughs> yeah. And then boom. And so, yeah. Him. And then, and then after that you get, you get Buck Compton who, who basically just broke, um, you know, he he basically they they say a lot in the book that that Buck was he was very attached to his men, even though he was an officer. He almost broke the lines where he he spent too much time with his enlistment, almost cared too much, and and that's what broke him is just seeing his guys, you know, uh, Garnier and and Toy losing their legs and Muck and them, and just that that and so that was legit, and and I'm glad they showed it in a way because it's one of those things is like. A lot of, a lot of these army movies don't don't show that effect. You know, they don't they don't show the 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 trauma, the PTSD that these guys can go through. Where they they do sometimes, but it's usually in a weird, almost snapping effect where they go crazy and start right, killing everybody. Right, it's a snapping and, effect. Well, you need a series like that that can show kind of how that evolves over because it does seem like he's he's suffering, and then it seems like he's he's better and he's he's wor he's working through things, and then and then. Yeah. Hits him again. So, although we do see him at the end in the baseball game, so yes, it was nice to. Yeah, he came back to visit and stuff. Nice apparently. to see that reunion. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, what they they said that they um, he wasn't injured, but they sent him off um, with trench foot, which is apparently something a lot of people had, and that was due to the lack of proper equipment, clothing, and stuff. We've also got Dyke here, uh, who's, uh, who's <laughs> Foxhole North, or uh, <laughs> what do they call him? Foxhole. Um, uh, oh, what's? Damn it! It's the it's the 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 big uh, commander. Sink. Uh, no, 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 not uh, like uh, way up. Um, oh, who was in charge of the whole war? Oh, damn it! I can't. They called him. They called him Foxhole uh, something. And it was it was funny. I, it just made me laugh. But anyways, yeah, huge. I mean, this is this is one of the things that you know um, they dealt with early when you know we it's the the Sobel effect essentially, right? <laughs> he's, he's in charge, but he really doesn't know what he's doing. So so much so that like he disappears all the time, which to me was really I was like fuck that's crazy. Like how 
where's the fucks he go? Like, there's there's not really anywhere to go. Like, what's... I, I thought it was effective how they said, you know, he doesn't make any decisions. He just kind of yeah. barks, barks things and then leaves. And then you see it represented where he comes and, you know, really says a bunch of shit and doesn't really make any decisions at the time. You do what you were doing. You do what yeah. you were doing. And I'm going to go check in with the, uh, you know, with, right. uh, with, you know, with the head office and, and then he's gone. So, and it's just like, okay, nothing was done. So we get the one where he shows up, and and this is this is a the Lipton specific uh, episode, which is really cool. Um, and and they talk to Donnie Wahlberg about it, and uh, and he talks, and it's it's incredible to hear him talk about the experiences and and talking to Lipton's family. I believe um, I don't think he was able to actually talk to Lipton, but I think he got a lot from the family. That, which some of the some of the guys that played soldiers got to talk to the actual soldiers and some of them didn't, um, but they got family and stuff like that. Yeah, so they, that cool. they said Malarkey had a really hard time when the, the actor <laughs> that played Muck came and talked to him. And he, he, mm-hmm. he, he really had a hard time uh, talking to, to that actor just because of his relationship with, with yeah. uh, Skip Muck. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, well, Grimes is another one that talks in in, in that uh, HBO series, which is awesome to hear him talk about stuff and and uh, his interactions with the actual, the real uh, uh, malarkey and stuff like that, which is kind of funny. Um, but going back to um, uh, uh, Dyke, Dyke, um, I guess the the one where they're getting shelled, just, just that one big one. I think it, it might even be the one right before the guys die. Um, he uh he comes up no helmet no gear no nothing and just like all right you you handle this i i'm i'm gonna go give help and apparently that is legit what what lipton that that was told to him from so maybe he did talk to lipton but that was that he said that that was exactly what dyke did and it's like man you just how in the fuck but i mean right they they deal with it really well with you know showing winners how he figures out how to get Dyke out of there and and get everything going and yeah well even even Lipton's they're 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 kind of making they're bringing that that moment up and saying and and imitating Dyke on what he said and Lipton said hey that was a great impression of Dyke but don't ever tell that story again that just brings the brings the right. soldiers down um, well that so. was that was Lipton's idea was this, uh, he was he was that um, that buffer between Dyke's failures and the men's overall performance is he, he took that on himself to, to be that in between. Like he could have just been like, fuck, this is, you know, this guy's a total, you know, whatever, but he didn't, he, he didn't let, he didn't let the men, you know, harp on that. And then, you know, they talk about, uh, they show the scene where he goes and talks to winners about it. And, uh, you know, okay, so you know, Lipton must have been able to talk to the, the actual Lipton because he was talking about, you know, he told him he's like, "Hey, do you realize that was the second time you put your life on the line for all those men, you know, in Easy Company?" Because uh, just like the the non-coms did in in the early episode where they they uh, decided to give up their stripes because of uh, Sobel, uh, they could have been they could have been shot for that for for treason and mutiny. This would have been the same kind of thing, and so he put his life on the line again in the same kind of situation uh, with Dyke and stuff. It's crazy how how that was what it was. It was like, whew. and uh, so apparently the the actual Lipton didn't really ever think about it that way until talking to uh, Wahlberg, and when he was talking to him about it, and he's like, oh, 
yeah, I guess I did. <laughs> so it's like, oh, okay. So that's kind of cool. Just, it's interesting. Like, I was, I was trying to, I was trying to figure out the, the, between the two halves, right? We got the first five and the last five. You know, the first five had some crazy action, you know, scenes and stuff like that. Some great, you know, battle scenes and stuff like that. And the second half, and I was kind of thinking, oh, the second half didn't really have that, but really they do in the in these first two. There's a smaller one in the third, uh, the eighth episode, I guess. But I guess I guess it does hold all the way through because we, you know, we have that battle. I I thought it was Foy, but I could be wrong. You were talking about um, the town that they had to take. Um, Foy Village, Village of Foy, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I was right. It was Foy, um, and that's the one where where uh, they Spears. actually get rid. Oh well. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where they where Sink fucking just shows his incompetence. Um, and so, uh, you when mean they're Dyke. talking, Dyke shows his, Dyke, Dyke, right. Sinks chews him out. He's like, what the hell? Yeah. Well, he doesn't chew him out. Well, he, he chew, out. he chews out winners because winners about go out, was about to go out there. And apparently that was close to winner said he was going to go out there and then he goes, I can't go out there. I'm in charge of all this. So they, they made it, they played it up a little bit more. Like he might've went out on his own, but then sink pulled him back. But really it was his kind of zone mentally. But everything else was like they said that was kind of legit, and man, that's a, that's a crazy one to to go through. Uh, interesting, like there's a one um, one of the guys goes up there. I think it's uh, Picante, and he goes up to pull the guy who looks like he's just kind of posted up on a wagon wheel around, and he, he's like, "Oh, come on!" And he turns around, and the guy's shot in the head, and you're like, "Oh, fuck!" You know, there's there's some crazy ones in this, and it's like. Apparently that was like legit, you know, they have one of the guys talking about that where he's like, yeah, I went to grab so-and-so and I pull him around and, you know, he's shot right in the forehead. You're like, man, like some of that stuff is crazy. Just when you, when you were talking a moment ago about the first five episodes versus the, the second five, what was your, your point was, was that the first five were more, uh, more action, more action. I thought, yeah, more. I, I thought the narrative was a little bit more structured, but I, I think that the last five almost felt more grounded and real because of because of that discomfort you felt while watching the, the lack of, of narrative that, that <laughs> I, there was more unease. It, it didn't it didn't fall into the same kind of typical action tropes that the first five episodes mm-hmm. took advantage of a lot of the successes, the ups and downs and stuff. But it felt more like um, Hollywood writing even though I know it was real. Whereas here, it felt like the, the, the toils of war had kind of set in and we as an audience didn't feel as, as grabbed by the narrative because, it, because that was a part of it. So I, well, I, I, think, that, I think that was the point. What, there's less I don't know which good, I, I there's less it. wins and there's less wins in the second half as far yeah. as I mean by like, you know, oh, we, we won that battle, we won that battle. Or there's, there's, you know, they survived best owned, but it's, it's not a win. They they take Foy, but it's not a win, you know. And then and then we get into the other stuff where it's more about it's more about personnel and you know and then in in you know we get into episode eight where they have Last Patrol, right? You know, and and this is the one where you know the men are kind of back on the back line. They're less they're less in the front line, but they're across a river from from the Germans, and they have to make this night run. And there's a lot of this like. The guys are kind of at the point where it's like, fuck, I don't want to do this anymore. But, you know, I know it's my job. And um, we get the, the the call to go across the river to get some to some uh, prisoners. And uh, interesting aspect to this, too, because you get you get a 
a West uh, West Point graduate officer. Mm. I think it's a Jones who's who's um, played by Colin Hanks, Tom Hanks' uh, son. Tom Hanks son. Yeah. And uh, you know he he just he just fresh out. He's never had combat, so he kind of wants to go on this mission. And then you get Webster, who was a uh, um, you know he was with Easy all the way back from uh, Curry, and uh, but he was he was shot. Uh, I think it was in Holland and was gone for like four months because he he was the guy that he didn't he didn't break the rules. He kind of just he didn't he didn't go and get out of the you know hospital to go back to Easy. He basically he let him do his operation. He went back through his rehab and do all this stuff, and. Um, so he shows back up with him now, and they're all just well giving him shit because he wasn't with him in Bastogne, he wasn't with him in this and that, and you know. So it's kind of like he was part of it, but he wasn't anymore. You know, yeah. he kind of he kind of lost his badge a little bit, which is an interesting aspect to show. That's like, man, that's kind of crazy how you could be so close at one point, and then you know you don't go through some stuff, and then all of a sudden you're you're not part of the group anymore. And they really show this up. And the cool thing about Webster is he was a um, I want to say. Uh, maybe it's not Harvard, but he was he was a college he was a college guy. He was a writer, and uh, and he made a choice that he was gonna he he was one of those guys that he didn't take promotions. He didn't he didn't try and jump and take he just he kind of was to be there to just observe and be part of it. And so to hear his story, which we don't get as much of the deep side of it as you as you do uh, through the book and through that other um, uh, podcast. Uh, that you do in the show it's it's kind of interesting to hear his take on a lot of stuff and how you know he 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 just was there to be part of it and, and observe and not really he never owned up to you know he never took any any credit for anything or tried to be anybody more than just a regular i'm just going to be my soldier that so it's kind of neat but we get the story through his eyes uh, cool part about this one too is that this is the whole they they get the 15 guys to go across the river and uh malarkey was going to be the one that runs it uh so <laughs> i think this is the episode where they talk to grimes episode eight and uh scott grimes the guy who plays malarkey and apparently he was talking with mark malarkey was like yeah i didn't i didn't go on that mission and so he told the directors and stuff like that he's like yeah he, he wasn't part of that so I think they wrote it in to the to the script to get him out of it so that he might have been on it, but he never went kind of thing. You know, they did the uh, they swapped him out kind of thing, which I thought was kind of cool. They kind of blessed it for the for the series. And yeah, gave it. OK, so, he, you know, you think that he maybe was chosen, but he just chose not to go on it. Well, uh, so yeah, they, they had him written in as part of it. And, and in the in the show, he's actually the one that's supposed to run it. And then that's when um, Webster goes and talks about, um, or I guess I know he got leave got, he got leave got out of it. Right. He was Martin. Yeah. I guess they never did pick Malarkey. But yeah, it was one of those things is he, he was telling him that like, and this is one of the cool things. I don't know if I mentioned it in the last podcast, but. Um, well, Malarkey was going to run the mission, but it was, it was uh, Lieutenant Jones that said, or I think Webster actually said, told. You know, oh, it was Jones. Jones. It was Jones who said, "Yeah, he he, sh Malarkey should be pulled back," kind of thing, whatever, and got him out of it. So, but one of the things that Spielberg and and Hanks said was, and it might have been more Hanks was like, "Look, if an actor comes up and says that the vet said that that's not how it happened, it changes. We don't we don't if the if the vet says they weren't there, 
they get pulled out of that scene regardless of what whatever it takes to make it happen and so i think that was one of the ones where it was kind of like they just okay well we got to change this well how do we how do we massage this and write this in kind of way so i thought that was kind of cool that the, the way they did that and it also it was a really great episode from Larky because it showed it showed how much he had grown and now that he was kind of he kind of was in charge at this point you know and and uh, there's that shower scene where he just you know he just is letting it all just wash off of him and kind of the the craziness and it just watching that scene he it's just a guy with water pouring over his face in a shower but it's so emotional yeah. you know with the weight of it it's like whoa crazy right and and that's when jones and webster chose not to take showers I, almost like they hadn't earned uh mm-hmm. that, that sort of a of a uh a baptism <laughs> <laughs> you know that yeah. wasn't, that wasn't their 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 play i uh, she said that uh that hanks and spielberg were honoring the 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 soldiers if they said one thing you know even mm-hmm. though it was written a different way you know i and i know at the same time they wrote the script or whoever wrote the script had to kind of combine characters a little bit to to make it a little bit more palatable to audiences. So it's not it's not um, the accuracy is there's a lot of accuracy, but there's a lot of of fiction that kind of ties it yes. together a little bit a little bit better. But but I could see why they chose the living the living people there. It's like you know where mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that aren't still around, and if we're gonna take some some liberties and try to combine their characters, but yeah, if the actual soldier comes and says, nope, that wasn't the case, you're gonna yeah, you're they... gonna say, yep, that that trumps that trumps <laughs> our our creative decisions. That, yeah, they did. Fair. They put as much of that they could in there. Uh, another interesting one, and this is, happens in this episode eight, which I thought was kind of crazy, is you get um, Cobb, who was um, we we see Cobb. He was he he was one of the replacements, I believe, early on, or he might have been wounded and come back. He was the one that kind of gave the replacement shit for not you know jumping in Normandy and and stuff like that. And this one we get him where he's drunk, and he's talking shit to the new the new. Uh, um, uh, officer, um, Colin Hanks, Officer Jones, right? His uh, Lieutenant Jones or um, Jones, yeah, yeah. I think he was. I was like, I was easy Lieutenant, yeah. I think he was. Anyways, and he's over there talking. So they kind of play it up really good, you know, where he tells him to shut his mouth, and then and then uh, Martin backs him up and tells him. So apparently, <laughs> this was an accurate portrayal of what happened, but they didn't go nearly as far as it should have went so apparently he got so irate and was so drunk that he pulled a pistol and pointed it at jones and um i think he went to pull it and misfired or didn't fire (laughs) and uh all kinds of he ended up getting uh court-martialed and and uh, sent to the brig um from that incident so i don't remember if we see him after that but they didn't play it up as much as it's in the book. I was like, "Holy fuck!" Like, I wonder why they didn't play that up because there's a lot of dramatic uh, tension with it, something like that. I wonder. I wonder if they didn't I wonder, want to distract from uh, what they had chosen to make the the, the episode about. Yeah, yeah. I I think yeah, it would have it would have added it would have added a lot of extra stuff to it that would have taken more time. Like, I mean, you would have had to play that out within like a, a that would have taken like a 10 minute section to basically get it all out to show that they had to fight it and, and do all this. And then him yeah. going to court martial and all that. And so, um, I think they did a really good job that showed that these guys were, were starting to get a little bit testy, a little bit into themselves. Drinking started to become a problem. 
and stuff like that. So I think they, they showed it well enough to kind of pay tribute to it without going so deep. And also it's like, do we, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know how much, uh, Cobb talked to any of them or, or was part of any of the other stuff, but you know, if you read the book, you get the gist of it. Don't, you don't need to badmouth the guy in, in a national, like, you know, they, they didn't try and really show any, any of the easy soldiers in a really bad light. You know what I mean? They never highlighted a lot of the bad shit. I mean, we get, uh, oh, we didn't even talk about it in episode seven where, uh, I believe it was Hobbs, um, shot himself with the Luger he found. Oh, I know. It, yeah. Um, uh, Hobbler. Hobbler. Um, so, uh, maybe that's Hobbs is his nickname, but yeah, I think they yeah, called him he, Hobbs. He, he, yeah. He kills the guy on the, on the horse, horse back, yep. and then he's throwing, he's, he's showing it off to everyone and, and shoots himself in the artery. <laughs> yeah. And bleeds so, out like right there. So apparently that was a little different than, than, than actual. And um, I found this out. Um, he did, he did shoot himself with a found Luger exactly the way they, they show it. That he shot the guy, the horseback, you know, uh, German rider leaving, shot him, you know, took three shots to get him. So that's all accurate. He had the Luger, was showing it off and all that. Apparently, um, it's a hobbler. Um, apparently, though, the, the way it apparently comes out is that he was crawling through or crawling under some um, barbed wire from something, and it was in his pocket, and it caught on the pocket, and that's what shot it, and it did go into his leg, and then, then he died from that wound um that's all accurate the but the difference was he wasn't just in his foxhole and it have it go off so they it, it's accurate with a little bit of massaging to make it work in the story but yeah it's like crazy it's like yeah and you know it's 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 kind of a fair fair uh representation because they didn't actually show it go off that you hear it. In fact, they all yes. think that, 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 uh, it's the enemy that's firing or something. They all get, right. they all go down and ready and, and then, uh, and then they go find him. Um, and, uh, so you don't necessarily see how it, how it happens. <laughs> so that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Another, another interesting thing too. So this is, this is one of the cool ones I, I, I saw uh, or listened to and heard and, and, and found out about. So, um, Lipton, uh, the character, which, Donnie Wahlberg never actually, or the Lipton never actually gave that Luger to Malarkey. That never happened in real life. Um, the, but uh, he, I guess uh, the actor um, was thinking about everything, and he's like, "Hey, you know, this would be a kind of a cool thing to put into that, you know." And huh. stuff. So that was that was one of the things that happened in it, but actually never happened. Yeah, you know, but it played really well to the story and stuff like that. So. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, and just to learn about that, I was like, oh, okay. So that was one of the ones that wasn't real, but finding out how many of these others were so like legit real, and I'm like, God, okay. So when I was doing my uh, research on my on my drink, that you my Sweet Faye Tanner, where, where I <laughs> came up with a name before I had a drink and I was looking up some things, I found a uh, fan fiction site. And there, oh, they, no. there is Band of Brothers fan fiction that I found a whole story about about Faye Tanner and and Muck and 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 you know it's that you know it's got all this dialogue written ah George said with an all-knowing smirk uh, Skip <laughs> lightly kicked his leg telling him to shut it but you know you know and and it's interesting to <laughs> to, to to read and and think well really this is just kind of an extension of what we're watching with Band of Brothers it's a little bit more you know we don't quite they're they're basing a lot of this on real things that happen, what ifs, right, and stuff. So 
I, I didn't know what to make of it. It, it seemed it seemed amateurish <laughs> and, and juvenile, but but then when you watch Band of Brothers and it, it resonates and that's cool, but at the same time, it's kind of the same thing. It's people writing kind of these stories about about right. uh, what what they know, and especially when we know that they're taking taking these liberties with these characters um, just to make it more palatable uh, for well, not maybe not palatable is the right because they certainly try to shock, but uh, but uh, you know I think you're they, right. Palatable is a good good word. Okay. Palatable is <laughs> a good word because they do. I mean, they could they could have shown so much more. I mean, they did try and show some of the you know. The things that weren't great and you know um but but they also where most war movies are really not they don't show <laughs> as much real life that this kind of did huh. um but it is it is also from the accounts of the people that were there right sure you know, which is going to be you know you know, shaded with a side of the you know <laughs> survivors well, yeah. are it, but even this fan fiction is still kind of inspired by those same real stories and so yeah. oh man I, I, I so I learned today that uh, there's only one and he may not even be around right now but there's there was only one surviving member of easy company um, when they were doing the last podcast which was only a week or two ago of that so I was like man that's crazy to think that all these guys I mean it's 20 years after this was written you know and a lot of them did get to see it and did a lot of them did get to do some stuff with it but that there was only twenty of those guys, or, or one guy left. Yeah. Well, I mean, this years. was a century. These that they, these probably about a century old, because uh, you know this was in the yeah he'd 40, be at least 45, in his 90s. You know, early twenties that puts him being born in in yeah. twenty two, twenty one, yeah. twenty two. So, you know, late nineties, hundred years. Yeah, old. it just it's kind of it'd be kind of cool just to. I, it made me think. It was like, man, how cool would it have been to to get and and sit and be able to talk to some of these guys once they were able to talk about it. I mean, I understand that uh, that was one of the things too. Is before Band of Brothers actually happened, and 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 um, the the Ambrose book and stuff like that. That a lot of these guys had never ever talked about their experiences with their family, their wives, or anybody. Just you know, they just it wasn't it wasn't something that they felt comfortable doing. And some never did. Yeah. There were some that just refused to talk about it. But, you know, once they started having reunions and this came out, apparently there was a few that just really opened up and were able to talk about it, which was probably good for them, too. You know, it's kind of it made me also think, too, it's like, man, I wish I wish my grandpas were here so I could go back and 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 talk to them and and, and hopefully coax them out of their their stories, bad or good or you know, so so therapeutic for them to be able to talk about it, but just because I would want to hear about what they were, what they did for this country, and you know what what they had to sacrifice and and what their you experiences know, were. You, you you talk about uh, how how it's been so long, and you know we're we're losing these these people, these mm -hmm. uh, that with with these, these heroes. Uh, yeah, um, at the same time, I, I find it really odd that uh, we can say. You know, I'm 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 51, so I was mm -hmm. two years old when the last man uh, walked on the moon. Uh, can you imagine that it's been 50 years since we were at the moon, and it was such a it was such a a big deal, and and for some reason we've kind of left it behind, and and uh, have we not seen any? So that was the last time someone actually set foot on the moon. 1972, December, I believe, was. Did they just re did they just decide there was no reason to go visit it anymore? 
I don't know. I I, <laughs> I don't know. It it almost seems unreal because it, it even though it happened in my lifetime, I was you know I was yeah. I was. Well, I know we sent people. We've sent people to space a lot, you know. But I guess just landing on the moon just doesn't have the same reasons anymore, you know. Because now it's been done, and we realize there's nothing really there to learn anymore. Maybe essentially. Maybe that's it. Uh, now, well, now we've been trying to get to Mars and. <laughs> See well, yeah, there. that's the next one. Yeah, to see if we can find a way to uh, expand our uh, <laughs> uh, our uh, horizons, essentially find a new place to live is really what it comes down. What I'm finding out is uh, in my astronomy class that I'm in right now that uh, eventually the, the sun is going to start to grow um, and engulf the, the earth and we're all going to fry. Granted, that's, you know, a couple billion, you know, years away, like five billion years away but eventually that's going to happen so we need to find somewhere to live before then so <laughs> i think we'll have other problems to deal with before the sun catches i up plan to us. be here i plan to be here i don't know i didn't think i was gonna make it to 50 and now i'm gonna make it 5 billion that's it i it, find a just, way it, it's just interesting to see the realities of our past uh and and when they seem so far away it's hard to really fathom their that they were real like World War, oh it, right. You know we have we have we have movies, we have series that show us <laughs> these things, and and we talk about them and uh, try to figure out a way of of, of get, doing them justice with what our words or you know what we say, and and yet it's just it's just tough and and it's and we don't we all the people that that really did experience it are no longer with us, you know. Yeah. Whether it's, landing on the moon or, or fighting in world war ii or you know these things it's just yeah yeah well yeah i mean and, and eventually i mean someone's going to be around 50 years from now and they're going to be like hey you know i can't believe those people you know freaked out and bought all that toilet paper in that pandemic you know yeah. so <laughs> well they're and they're not going to comprehend a world without the internet or something like that you know that's, true well that's, i mean that's that's our kids now almost well it's even hard for me too i, I my lifestyle is yeah, I can't go to the bathroom without my phone anymore. <laughs> How would we podcast, man? <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> true. Good call. <laughs> All right. Uh, back to this. So uh, episode eight, uh, we, we have the, um, the last patrol where they go across the river. They get the prisoners. We get another moment where, where one of the soldiers fucks up, you know, and whether... Private Jackson, you know, yeah, rushes in after throwing yeah. a grenade. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, that's a touching moment too. And, you know, it's one of those ones where it also shows the, the they got two of the prisoners uh, crossed and the guys are losing their shit. You know, there's a couple of them that were probably close with Jackson and basically want to blame them for Jackson's death, which really wasn't their fault. Um, you, know, you know, when I was watching this episode and they said it's like a prisoner grab or something like that, or, yeah. I thought that they were rescuing I, you know, American yeah. soldiers and it pissed me off. And <laughs> when they get over there and, you know, somebody, you know, somebody dies in the process, there's a lot of, a lot of stress and, you know, it could have risked all those soldiers and there wasn't even anyone to rescue. Instead, it was, it was so you could get information, I guess, out of a couple people. Well, um, so in, in the case of where, where there was, and I'm going to, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try and defend sync in this a little bit. Sure. Not that I agree with it, but I understand what it is, is, is <clears throat> they're at a standstill. And the only way to get through that standstill is to know more than the other side. And to do that, it's it's about getting a prisoner to to find out strength of numbers, strength of, you know, 
locations and stuff like that so that they can they can plan so i understand it's like it's true. It's, it's, in fact, if if the Germans uh, would have done that in Arden, yeah, Bast- they or, or Bastogne, yeah, they would have known that. Uh, yep. Hey, there was a lot of a lot of people, or there right. there wasn't much resistance, and they could have just you know exactly. gone through. Yeah. So that, so the, that's, I, I that's understand. Yeah, I understand that part of it, but yeah, it's one of those when you, when you see the side, and and granted, we get the vision and we get we get our kind of walkthrough as a low person in in e-company right we, we're a private essentially in e-company that's we're, we're with the men we don't get to see, we get a little bit of glimpse of the officer but not really high up command and what what that is and, and they don't even give us a whole lot of what's going on with that so i get that but it does give us a great moment <clears throat> we get the first one which you know that's a little bit of action there's some craziness some great fire and some some cool stuff you know we get the whole craziness with the with the the Jackson dying and them trying to talk to the Germans and the guys flipping out and you know there's showing guys with stress and just how how tight things are are wound up. Then we get the next day and we get winners coming down. And he's like, so here's the deal. Sink <laughs> was so happy with it, he wants another one. And two o'clock, like, yeah, oh, two hundred. You just <laughs> you get the ah. But then he tells them and he goes through the whole thing and he talks about doing the whole thing and this is what's going to happen. And he goes, so now I want you guys in your beds. I'm get a good night's sleep. Good night sleep. Yeah. And you're gonna you're gonna come tell me tomorrow. And it's just like, holy shit! Like you realize that he he sees the bigger picture in the long run. That's like, I understand what it is good to do for for the army and our position, but I also stand understand that I'm not gonna risk any more of the lives of my men. Like had had Jackson not died. You know, had had no soldier been injured or, or or died in that, he probably would have went through the second one. He probably would have had him go again. But he also saw that effect of 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 this private dying and the effect it had on the rest of the soldiers and the rest of the crew and stuff like that. It's like, look, I'm 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 not going to do this again. Not not just for some information. Yeah. So, interesting thing, you know, and and it's it it's interesting coming from Winters, who's such a by the book kind of guy you know he they play him flies right the whole time he's great tactician great great officer and then but he goes against the rules essentially to remain that good officer you know it's it's kind of strange it's 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 an interesting thing but i mean uh i don't know if it's because a lot of this came from winners you know a lot of the talking and a lot of the the setup and and a lot of this was was because winners made it happen and stuff like that with with a lot of help of other people, or if, if made it happen. You're talking about uh, the, doing the filming and the book okay, and stuff and like brothers. that. Yeah, this is a lot based off of his reports and his talking to Ambrose and and, and him talking to the director. You know, he had a lot to do with this, and, and they talk about him being a very humble guy. But it's also one of those like he talks a lot. There, there's no bad light on him anywhere. Like they never really show him in any bad light. It's kind of like, huh, you know, me. No, there's no, no one's that perfect, kind of thing. But if you also talk to, the, if you, you know, you listen to what the soldiers talk about, every one of them to a man would have said they'd have followed that guy into hell. So, yeah. um, you, you which know, you know, I understand. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring up uh, Ted Lasso, which I still have only <laughs> seen episode one of season two, but it's in season one. 
you know, he is kind of that, that, that ultra positive guy, but he has, there's a moment in one of the episodes in the middle where he just has a breakdown, kind of a, yep. his own private breakdown that we get to see. And actually, I think uh, one of his uh, assistants uh, knocks on his door and gets to, to see a bit of it. And it adds a little, uh, you know, an element of reality of humanity to that, to that character. It, it, and, and we don't necessarily see that with Winters. We don't, we see, don't. Uh, we kind of see what Nixon goes through, <laughs> uh, certainly yeah. with his depression and, and having, but, uh, but yeah, Winters is, is very, is. Yeah. There's very, no bad light shown on him at all. He, he gets no shade at all, but yeah, almost everybody else has a little bit, you know, and I, I guess they don't play up a lot of the soldiers as, as, you know, there's some, there's some stuff, but nothing, nothing horrific. I mean, some of the guys do some crazy stuff. Like Spears, you know, that's a that's a, 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 a rooting out, finding every little bit of uh, uh, gear to steal. <laughs> He's yeah, a looter yeah. from fucking yeah. hardcore. Here's a sad Find fact keepers, I found out. That's right. Yeah. So apparently that was he he did. Apparently they were saying he was one of the best looters and and he would find everything, right? And he sent this all back to a, a woman he married, I believe in England, who was a widower who thought she lost her husband, uh, who was an English soldier, turned out was just in a camp, uh, a concentration camp or a, 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 a soldier camp or whatever. He was captured. Comes back. She then decides to leave um, Spears for him and kept all the shit. And I was like, that's <laughs> fucked up. I was like, God damn. Like, that's just so, so do wrong. Think, and so... Do you think, did he ask for it back? <laughs> I don't know. I I just when I I when I heard that I was I was just like kind of that I was kind of bummed. I was like I felt bad yeah. for the guy because yeah. I was like I mean, but the, he was he was on a mission to get everything that he could have for value, <laughs> like yeah. So, um, but that's you know we get into this these last two episodes where there's not really any action, but it's kind of the the downturn of the war. You know they find out that. Hitler killed himself, and they're going to go take the eagle's nest where there was still, you know, a bunch of German troops that were holding it. And then we also get some of the, the surrenders, which was kind of a kind of a cool thing where, you know, the, the German soldiers are, you know, we get that line of them walking in there. And the guy, he says, I believe it's in the show where he says, I think it's winners. He's like, look, even, even in defeat, they, you know, they, they march with, you know, dignity and stuff like that, which I thought was a cool statement. It's like... You know, even though they're the enemy, they showed them a little respect at that point. I was like, you know, that that's kind of cool. And there's the the uh, the German uh, general that speaks to the, to the to the troops. Did you recognize uh, who the German general was? That was uh, mm -hmm. that was Dietrich from Raiders of Lost Ark. So no, it's like <laughs> your boy. I think I know that guy. Yeah, I looked him up. It's like yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> same actor. Yeah, no, that was that was cool. Uh, I think they 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 changed a little bit of real history in this one, where the the general um, he hands him his uh, sidearm. You know, he he surrenders and hands him his sidearm. Oh right, Early, yeah, that and, one. And he yeah. tells him to keep it. So apparently, and maybe it wasn't this guy, but one of the generals or one of the the high ups of the Germans surrendered to uh, winners and gave him his his Luger, his sidearm, and apparently. Uh, under inspection, the sidearm had never been fired. Oh, I, I thought I, I read something about that, but I thought that was something that he kept or that uh... he did. He kept it, and to this day, it has still never been fired. 
Yeah. So he got it as as a, you know the guy surrendered and gave him a sidearm. He kept it under his inspection. Never it had never been fired, and he had never fired it. Matter of fact, he said that he had never fired a gun again from the point of uh, when he killed that one guy coming over the dike. He he never fired his weapon in battle um, again from that point forward. Yeah. And 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 apparently even after the war he never he never shot again. So he didn't even go out and hunt and. Or any of that stuff too so which is which is kind of crazy which we get a great scene i believe it's in in episode nine where you know they're all they're <laughs> they're kind of regulated back to training and and just doing mundane things and and um i found out later they don't talk about it a whole lot but they have the easy company out and it looks like they're doing maneuvers but what they're really doing is out hunting and they got shifty powers and he he lines up a deer and they're all waiting and he just he doesn't shoot them and so one of the things they were talking about, and this is, I believe, Winters uh, was talking about this in, in one of the things I listened to or one of the other guys, I can't remember. He said that it was at that point where they had gotten so far into this and, and that they were just done. They were done killing, um, even to the point of hunting. Um, I think it was one of the, uh, might have been Malarkey or, or one of the guys was talking about, like he went, he after he got home, you know, he went out on a hunting trip with some guys and he, he, you know, with a shotgun, he shot at some birds and killed some birds and then looked at them. And then he just walked back to the truck and waited for everybody. And he's like, he's he just can't do it anymore. He even, even an animal, you know, to eat or kind of thing like that. There was just, they, they, they were so done with all of it. And it's just like, you, you can see and, and feel that, you know, and that, that I was, I'm glad they put that scene in there because when you when you think about the deepness of it like he can't even kill a deer to feed themselves at this point which apparently there were some others that didn't have a problem with it because that but i guess they were so far out from the from the supplies that by the time they they got to them that the supplies were so picked over that they weren't getting enough food even where they were at then and it's like man these guys can't catch a break with food <laughs> <laughs> um episode nine is also the first time we're actually introduced in the series to um, concentration camps, which, Ugh. which, it's interesting. After you you watch so much of this, I and and I, I'm kind of ashamed to say I, I hadn't I had forgotten about you know that and and that's one of the <laughs> one you know when you think of World War Two that's one of the atrocities the horrors of uh, of of World War Two and for sure so it it felt it it, it felt. It felt really odd. Uh, it, it almost felt out of place in in the series, and yet I I, I could I, I thought it I, it still was necessary. And I and think I, it was perfect because if you think of the name of the episode, why we fight? Why we fight? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because um, that was what it was that, all about. Yeah, um, they're they're frustrated. Yeah, even even Nixon doesn't want to write a whole bunch of letters to uh, you know the people. Oh, because died. of the, yeah. <laughs> in the after the jump and the I guess the airplane got shot down and and uh, Yeah, he was the first one out. Tell their parents they died as heroes. You still believe that? Yeah, I do. And you know, but uh, but Nixon is like, "No, I'm fed up with this." But yeah, this is this is uh, So there, there's a cool aspect with that and I'm glad they put it in there. There's it's a it's a little throwaway line in that is uh Winters told, tells him, he's like, hey, you know, because you did this, you're now one of the only men to have three stars over your jump, uh, your jump wings. 
So apparently they're allowed to wear a star over your jump wings or whatever, and that's how many combat jumps. And he was one of, one of only two or three people that had actually three uh, stars over his jump wings uh, in uh, the European theater. So, uh, I mean, just that's kind of crazy. It's just like you would think out of all of that, like that's <laughs> Nixon is the one that has that, the three stars. I know, and he crazy. never shot his weapon, right? Didn't he say he never? Right. Well, he was he was he was a he was an officer, and they they talk about this a little bit in there, and they talk a lot about it in the book that he was a an officer's officer. Is he was he was very intelligent, and he was he wasn't a, he wasn't a soldier to go shoot and stuff like that, but he had intelligence beyond. Like he was very smart, and like they talk about the map, right? That map that uh, they got way back in um, episode two, attacked. sure, right? Yeah, the, the brief And so yeah. he realized what it was, and apparently figured out. I don't know if he ran like three or four miles up to an HQ or whatever, but he got that map high, up higher into because he realized what it was, and it, and it helped turn part of the war essentially. So I mean, he got that, but he also was a, a, a drinker so much so that he got demoted. You know, and right? It's like, that's right. Winters demotes him. <laughs> it's not winters. It was sink. Oh, you're right. You're right. Winters just tells him. That's right. Yeah, winters. Winters wouldn't do it. He got his. He got his Oakleys though. He was. He was. He wasn't playing. Um, yeah. So we get that, and it is such an incredible scene. Now there was a little bit of fiction in this one because Easy was not the first to find that camp. Right. I, I saw that. They they showed they, up. They showed up a couple of days. Like later a day later. Yeah. 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 But there was still. They showed up at a point where there were still people there. Right. And I I'm okay with the with the 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 fabrication of of who got there first because. It's not about who got there first. It's about what it was that they were showing. The, I agree. The, yeah. The the just the the conditions and in, in the it, it's so crazy. So the people that they had in there apparently the so the casting went out and apparently there was there was a lot of people there that actually were fighting. Um, uh, I can't think of the word um, anorexia. Um, there was a lot of people there that are going through chemotherapy that just that had their body wrecks and stuff like that. And so um, there's a lot of the casting in that and in, in the makeup is like, oh, my God, they did such a good job. And then there was also some animatronics. I find out there's there's the one guy who's carrying apparently his dad. And I'm looking at him like, God damn, that fucking guy. How did they get that guy? That's an animatronic. Okay. I was like, okay, I good. Because I was like, I was like, I was like, I don't know if they're if that's CG or something, but okay. Yeah. No, there's no CG in this. It's all legit. They're they're all practical effects essentially in this one. Um, I don't know if there's a lot of CG, but this well, one a lot they of did CG a lot in the in the, uh, in the series with all the all yeah. the, the drops, you know, all the all the yeah. parachutes and all that that stuff. They talk about some of that. Well, they did a lot. Well, like, like with Bastone, the they blew up a shit ton of trees. Oh, I like know some trees, of the behind so the that's... scenes stuff there just looked so <laughs> incredible, and it really, the 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 reality of of how well the effects looked um, made the series that much more effective. Uh, yeah, it's 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 important. It's important because otherwise you get taken out of something when you're dealing with with something that you're trying to pull off as as nonfiction, as true story, you don't want special effects to uh, hijack Ruin the it. scene. Yeah, yeah. To, to say, oh, that's, you know, look at the, yeah. you know, it's so looking like Matrix, was... like Neo doing, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's another part of this that was a, a really credible, powerful scene, and it involved Nyx. Um, 
where he he storms into the one house and he I think he was looking for alcohol or shit to steal I don't know, but uh, he sees the picture of the the general or colonel or whatever the high ranking uh, Nazi oh, right. officer and he throws it, it on the yeah. ground and then the lady comes and gives him the stink eye and then the dog barks at him and kind of walks out feeling bad until like, later. Oh, sh- <laughs> So apparently that actually happened. Okay. But it was it was Winters who went through that, not Nick's. Okay. And so, um, and I don't know if he saw the lady later, um, but that well, the declared, house part of it. They, they declared martial law and put like anyone that was between the ages yep. of fourteen and eighty. That shit happened. And and made. But I don't know if he went dead. back. Yeah. I don't think he. I don't know if he went back and and found her and looked her out in the eye after the fact. Yeah. Which, but, that's, but but that's where in the in the in the. Sh- in the episode is when we see her again and she, I don't know. Did, did you get a sense that she felt a little bit of, of remorse or, or you felt, or was it the audience just feeling a little bit more vindicated that, uh, I think it was more, more Nick's feeling kind of like he'd started to feel bad that, you know, we, they were going through these people's houses and they were taking, you know, he started to, to feel it a little bit. But then afterwards he felt more a little bit, okay, you know what? This bitch knew what was going on. I'm not, you know, th- that was kind of the point they were trying to make is how do you, how do you, how do you not know this is going on and how do you, you just let it happen? But I mean, you, you fight it and you end up right there with them. That's mm-hmm. the, I mean, you can understand why some of this happened because there, I mean, you, last, you... last week I, um, we were talking a little bit about, about another series that uh, has a different point of view. It, um, that that you said you might be interested in watching, even though it's from a different point of view. I found out it's it's actually a, a three part series, uh, German made series called Generation War. Uh, th- at least oh. that's the that's the uh, translated. I think it's translated to something different, but uh, but uh, that's what it's known as. You can find it on Amazon. Um, it all it it's not um, when the, it's on the Eastern Front, so it's the Germans fighting mm-hmm. against uh, the uh, Russian soldiers mainly um so which so it's it's probably more palatable to to us uh, or at least we probably I, in, be a little bit more sympathetic because they're not fighting against americans but it'd be interesting to see and the the reason i'm bringing it up now is is it, it sound, I, I haven't seen any of it but it sounds like there was some criticism that um they didn't address uh the concentration camps Oh um, yeah, well, necessarily. There's still um, deniers to this day that that ever happened, and which is is is. I mean, it, it's on film. It's it's proven. Like how how do you? I mean, I understand that it's like oh, I, you don't want to believe that it happened, but how do you just say it didn't happen? Kind of thing. That's it's crazy, you know. But it's blinders on from people. I mean, like um, so. You know, a lot of, and I talked about it a little bit last time, is there are people out there that don't like this series and, and say that it's it's just rubbish and it's, you know, uh, propaganda and it's, you know, it's Americans, you know, glorifying their war crimes and this and that. And I'm like, I don't see it. I also don't see it as a propaganda film. I don't, I mean, I understand that, yes, they do show, for the most part, it is it is glorified a little bit as Hollywood would glorify something, but it's also not, it's not glorifying and saying, Oh, look, the Americans are the fucking the best. We didn't do anything wrong. We went in and we, you know, the, they did some shit that they had to do in war. And, and you, you have to look at things from that aspect. It's like, nobody is completely innocent in war, right? You, 
you can't win a, a war without breaking some eggs kind of thing. You know, just it's it's you, so. you talk about there's disbelievers. Um, do you find it seems like the world we live in now, it's getting harder and harder to believe much of anything or to really have faith in <laughs> in what is truth. You know, we see it in our politics. We never course, get the full truth. But but um, it seems like there's there's so many ways of fabricating in a truthful way information that uh, I don't that... even think it's a fabrication in a truthful way. I think what we're getting is we're getting um, what's the right way to say this. We're getting people's uh, opinions we're getting of what opinion. is true. We're also getting bombarded by so much. You know, we talked about true. age before the internet, but now that the internet's mm -hmm. here, it's just we have access to everything instantly and at the tip of our, you know, at our fingertips, at our, at our computer screens. And, and we get to, and it's, it's all kind of tainted information. It's different perspectives. It's, like you yeah, say, it is. it's opinions and stuff. And so I could see the further we talked about uh, being further, you know, the people that lived through this are mostly, mostly passed on. Um, and, right. uh, and so if you don't have the person you can look in, in, in the eye and, and, and feel the truth, people these days don't know what that truth feels like. And it's all about having a conversation with it, with someone and knowing that what, what they're saying is real because you can, you can connect with them. You can, you can feel what is real. Instead, we have, we have our, you know, FaceTimes and computer screens and, and, there's, <laughs> and there's so little, little to trust there that, so, you know, as much as I can't stand conspiracy theories and, and a, lot these, <laughs> a lot of these uh, theories that, you know, concentration camps never happened or 9-11 was fabricated and, you know, or, or you know, was was all pre-planned. You know, I, I get it. I get why yeah. people are are hesitant to to trust in all we this, don't, this stuff that's out there, especially when Hollywood get... makes a makes a, a series about it and says, right. "Here, this is seventeen percent true." <laughs> so. Right. I don't think we get facts anymore. We don't get the facts and are allowed to think about it. We get um, we get the parts that help drive the fact of what they're trying to tell you, right? You know, and, and I'm and I'm not saying any one person or any one side is doing this more than the other. I'm saying this this is just in everyday life too. Um, instead of just saying this is what happened and letting the person understand and figure out on themselves, we're telling them this is what I believe happened, and here are the facts that I know that support that, without giving you all the other facts. And you know, so it's 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 like a guided. A guided thought, you know, it's almost yeah. like you. I want you to think the way I think, kind of thing. And and yes, this series could be said to have some of that for sure. I don't think you could ever make a series that doesn't, because you know, it's it, but, there's but no still, way to just still, do. We 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 experience our own emotions through this series, and that's that's real. And 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 I yeah. don't think they're trying to necessarily tell us this story. By and say these are the facts of what happened. They're they're trying to uh, convey what, you know, characters and what they went through and why they're why we should be paying tribute to them and and those are real emotions that we're feeling and that's yeah. I think fair. I think that's well. This is this is legitimate. This is what happened through that. That's 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 <laughs> connecting with someone. You know, this is the history through the eyes of the men who who did it. How they remember it backed up with some some significant you know history facts so no it's not a hundred percent act we don't know if those are the exact words that were said but we're talking to people that were there rather than speculation of what could have happened which which is better than nothing 
So, no, it's never going to be 100% right. And, and, of course, it's also from the fact of, of how these guys saw it. They're not going to bring up the bad parts probably that, you know, they went through. And, and I don't think we need them to. I, I think it's it, that's not what this show's about. Now, the other thing is, is I don't think this is propaganda. I don't think this is a U.S. military is the greatest propaganda type movie either. Like, I guarantee watching this, I feel I'm like, God damn, you know. I would hope that if I was if I was alive at that time or this shit happened when when I was at an age to go do something, I would have stepped up to do it, yeah. regardless of of what the outcome. But you know, and and that's all I can think of is because it's like, I I hope that I could have stepped up like these men did, and that's it. I don't know because I wasn't put in that situation. I don't know if I would have froze at the door and not been able to jump. I don't know if I would have you know, looked down the barrel of my gun and been able to to shoot the enemy when I had to or or whatever whatever it was called to do. But I would hope that, watching it, I would hope that I could. And that's all, it, that's, to me, that's not a propaganda type thing. It's like, it's just more like, it's showing these guys in a good light that hopes to show that, hey, you know what? You know, maybe these guys can inspire you to be better. Because, like, one of the things that, that Winters talks about, you know, and he talks about it early is, is is when he's done with all this, he wants to be able to find a farm that he can just sit back and relax and, and you know, live his life. He doesn't want to be – he doesn't want to be in this situation, and, and that's what he wants. But he has to get through it. And, and that's what, you know, hopefully we can all get to that, you know, I, but, I, I guess. But that's, that's also – you know, there's – a moment in the last episode towards the very end points uh episode 10 when uh winters comes out and says um war is over and um, right you know i and i i certainly got this sense of of sadness that you know that's the end of this you know, band of brothers. That's his brother. This bro- no, no, the brotherhood of these people that that they were. That was it. They're gonna go, and they're no longer going to have what they had here. That connection. That's that's something that is uh, is just being taken away. So I can he- I can understand why it's a mixed blessing. It's like okay, I don't need to need to go through the hells of war at the same time. Um my friends are, are, are gone. You know, this, this yeah. live, this, the, what I know, the, 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 you know, you, you see people in the series that uh, stood up and became, uh, they, they, they were heroic, even though I know that the, they don't consider <laughs> themselves heroes, but, but they, they made something of themselves and then, they go back to the homeland and all that is gone. You know, it's, it's not, you, you, you certainly can, well, I'm, I'm, I bet, uh, um, veterans from, from wars that were, were lost probably have a harder time because they weren't as well received when they came back, but, but you don't have the, the people that you, uh, surrounded yourself with that got to see that, 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 that you made an impression on that you, that you proved yourself. Um, you can, so I, I didn't go to any war, but I was in, and, and um, interestingly enough, I, I spent a weekend, uh, this just the last weekend, at my buddy's lake house with him and one of my other friends. Now, we didn't go to war to each other, but, you know, we, we were best friends in high school, 
Um, you know, David Odom was one of them. Um, I played football with him. I wrestled with him. I, I was with this guy so much that, you know, uh, I remember when we had a big fight at school, people thought we broke up like we were a fucking couple or something and we're talking about it. Like he, he was, he was, you know, we were so tight as friends and we're still tight to this day. Um, and same with my buddy Rob, who was up there. I mean, we, we lived together for a while. We, we, you know, we did a lot together. So we went through a lot of shit, not necessarily nearly what these guys did, but we were tight and we're still tight to these days. One of the coolest things I learned about is, is these guys finally started having these reunions and getting together. And, um, and even before that, they were, they were talking to each other through, through correspondence, through writing and stuff and visiting. Apparently winners spent uh, a lot of his time you know throughout the years going and visiting people in his in his company that were still alive throughout the the states and and going to his farms and stuff i think shifty powers is one of them he went and visited him and some of the other guys so they did have a bond and and yes they weren't together 100% every day tight like that cuz they lived across the united states but they did correspond and they did go out and meet meet with up with each other matter of fact one of the ones they talked about i can't remember the guy's name um i don't know if he was one of the main characters in this show but uh he was somewhere in northern california and turned into just this hermit like living up in the hills like crazy drinking a lot and was going through a lot of shit and these guys got a hold of him and got him together and and uh winners told him he's like <laughs> apparently he uh he looked like a fucking mountain man and all this and and Winter said, if you show up at this this reunion, you better be shaved and, you know, clean shaven and, and, you know, haircut like, you know, like a proper soldier. And so apparently the guy did show up clean shaven and, and, and haircut and all that, but he was still in like old hunting clothes. So they went out and got him a new suit and all that. I mean, they, <laughs> so these guys took care of each other. Yeah. Um, kind of the best they could. And, you know, some of them did better than others. Um, and some of these guys came back and made a shit ton of money and were rich and, and did a lot of stuff. A lot of them went into teaching. A lot of them went into construction. Um, a lot of the officers ended up at, you know, uh, you know, a lot of them just made a made a good life for themselves when they got back. So, but they also worked worked at, at, at keeping up in in, tra- in touch with each other, which yeah. is what you, what you expect from brothers, you know. Um, there there was or, another, or sisters. It's not just men. There was another series that we did a podcast on um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. And uh, mm-hmm. it has a scene in there when uh, Mac is with his um, sister, I believe, and they're mm-hmm. and they're and they're trying to get she's trying to get a, a loan at the bank, oh, right. and they're going yeah. through an interview. And it reminded me of the scene in uh, I don't know if it was Points or the or the episode before when Winters is being basically interviewed by by. By by someone. That's when he's to, trying to get transferred into uh, to go over to the Pacific. I believe. Yeah, he wants to go back. Yeah, he wants to join the join the war over there and and uh, do something because he feels like he's he can't do anything here. I thought it was interesting when that scene started um, with Winters. I, I almost felt that it was almost like a job interview back on the home home homes homeland, and mm-hmm. and that he wasn't going to be able to kind of express who he was who who he had become almost like how mac was he was you know dropping a couple like hey i'm you know i'm i'm in, <laughs> I'm, I'm, with, uh, I, I'm with uh with those uh superheroes over there so you should be able to get my sister alone um, <laughs> and and they just kind of like oh yeah you guys are great uh anyway no not and and that's 
that's another thing I think when you when when so I I saw some comparisons uh, with those two scenes. Although with with the Winters one, it seemed like there was a lot more respect coming from the person that was 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 uh, interviewing him or was was going over his request. Um, yeah. And but I bet I bet that's something that kind of goes away when you get back. I could just see him getting you know trying to get a get a home loan when he came back to the to the homeland so and. So what I understand is that when a lot of these guys came back, they they used the GI Bill, sure. and uh, a lot a lot of them uh, went and got educated and stuff like that. Uh, I, they got I, like ten thousand dollars for I, for school. I believe it. Yeah, and I don't think I'm just I, I don't think I'm meaning home loans in general. I, I'm just meaning that that you don't quite have the same earned respect as you do when you're with your your your. Your boys, no, you know, you know, yeah, for sure. Because all that stuff is all what you've gone through. Although um, that's a, it was a different time. The soldiers were respected. I mean, they, not like they are today. Like I, I, I know. Matter of fact, uh, something happened at work. We were talking about uh, we we're really going to start targeting, trying to to hire uh, veterans and stuff like that, which I really want to get involved with. Um, you don't see it as much today, and I think that's where you, that you saw the difference in the winter, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and they were also playing up the race thing more than than the soldier no, I thing. I know. Um, in that one, but I think back in the in in you know the '40s when those guys came back, they were looked at more as heroes, um, far more than any other probably wars, definitely since right. Um, you know, World War One may have been a little bit different too. They came back to a different time frame too, but I think those guys had more respect coming back. And in like I said, they you know, at the time they were still, I I I got the same amount of money in my GI Bill, which I fucked up and didn't use. That those guys got, you know, fifty years prior. So they they had ten thousand dollars in their GI Bill to use essentially. So those guys had a shit ton of money to go to school. You know, and and a lot of them took advantage of that, and, and a lot of them did a lot of really great things. You know, they were talking about Buck Compton, turned out to be a um, he was a detective and then a prosecutor, and he was the one yeah. that prosecuted. Yeah, uh, that's great. Uh, Sirhan. Uh, Sirhan Sirhan. <laughs> Sirhan Sirhan. I'm, I, I'm like, is it two days? Is it just Sirhan? Yeah. Um, so yeah, he. I mean, he did some crazy stuff, and all of them, all of them. You know, there was there was only one or two people that they said that just came back and didn't didn't make something you know but a lot of them came back and, and ended up with a shit ton of money you know by doing different things or, or working really hard and, and and making stuff for themselves so you know good on them yeah I, you know i'm happy to hear that right we, we started talking about points we didn't we didn't get deep to it we got sidetracked a little bit not completely off the story but so points is is, is another interesting you know we 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 went through why we fight and the, the, the holocaust kind of uh, episode essentially, but then we get to points, and then it's uh, they start showing some of the other crazy shit that's going on, and you know we get the the eagle's nest and the alcohol we talked about earlier, and the big thing, and that's you know there's a lot of cool things about that, and then they got the guys talking about you know the war's over, but some of them are going to get shipped over to um, the Pacific Theater, and, you know for a drop on toy. Uh, uh, why can't I think of where they were going to get dropped? Tokyo or or uh, Japan or wherever they were going to get dropped, and uh, so they were, they had to have eighty five points, and uh, you know this is where we get Shifty Powers who you know was short points, but because he never got shot, but so he, he didn't lottery. have a couple hard. Yeah, yeah, I love the way they did that, and I don't know if that's accurate, but that if it's not, 
Fuck it. I don't care. That's how I want to fucking think that those guys did that. There was only one name in that helmet. Did you notice that? No, I didn't. So, so when they, when they pull that, you know, he goes up, uh, it's, um, can't think of the officer's name. He's uh, the little second guy that's always there. He comes up and he, and he shows, he gives him the helmet and he pulls it. And you see him as he walks away, it kind of tilts forward. There's no other papers in the helmet. There was only ever one. So there was, it was shifty no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> and so, which means they set it up, which I think fucking think is just fabulous, you know? Um, but then there's also a couple other things, which, so here's, here's the sad part about that too. So that was legit shifty. Got it. He won the lottery. He got to go home car accident oh, on the no. way. I mean, he survived, but, uh, not... he survived, but he was actually in hospitals for up to six or eight months longer he actually got home after the guys that didn't get sent home in the lottery not only that but um all of his stuff like yeah he had packed up all of his his souvenirs and all his back pay apparently got raided Uh while he was in the hospitals and taken so he got fucking just robbed i mean just shit like that just kills me when i hear about that it's like fuck you guys are assholes but anyways the worst part of that too is so he was one out of one platoon or you know and there was a couple others so I guess at least one other guy that got that lottery died in that accident also. It's like, fuck, how suck is that? So this is something that doesn't come up in the show but comes up in the book, which I think is really cool and, and, and interesting. We get a little bit of it. But they start talking about how how these guys are dealing with everything. So apparently there's all these great German cars around there that these guys are stealing and commandeering <laughs> and coming up with. Like they had Hitler's like limo and all these like officers' cars and like the the rumor that the windows were bulletproof and so officers up above them are telling them to turn them in. So they're like shooting them with like you know shooting the windows out, seeing if they're bulletproof, crashing them, taking all the uh, uh, antifreeze out or um, cooling out to see how long it'll run without cooling. So they're turning all these (laughs) these crazy cars back into these officers that are all just fucking ruined, which I thought was hilarious. You know, it's like, okay. But it also turned out to apparently be a lot of drinking and a lot of driving that um, a lot of guys, there was, I can't remember the number, but there was a large number of just auto accidents that killed a lot of guys that just were fucking around. They, They died not in combat. Well, Grant and then got we get shot to... by the drunk, uh, the drunk replacement. So that's a le- yeah. that's a legitimate that's a legitimate. Um, the only the only thing that they don't talk about or doesn't show in that is apparently there was also um, some British officers involved okay. that uh, drove up at the same time, and the and he actually shot at them too, but missed them, and then Grant tried to rush him and got shot. And that's okay. all fucking legit. The whole doctor thing is legit too. Yeah, so apparently I thought that he was did cool survive the, the brain surgery and and uh, still had some. And it was Spears issues. who went and fucking found the doctor and all that. It's it <laughs> like that's all really legit. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Um, but there was some other stuff too that was like, uh, man, um, O'Keefe, right? I think we uh, it's, we get O'Keefe in episode nine and ten. We see a little bit of him. Oh, so Brian. <laughs> Yeah, calling him O'Brien, and yeah, and so apparently that was there was a lot of that, uh, like that stuff, and he was talking about, um, so he was standing guard duty. I can't remember who he said with, and it was it was Spears and and Winters and someone else driving up in a jeep, and uh, they jumped out and told him to freeze and and you know gave him the the call sign or whatever, and they couldn't hear the password back, 
you know, and it went like three times. And it was funny because uh, the guy was saying, he's like, yeah. So Spears jumped out and chewed the guys out because, you know, it took them so long to get the right password. And then as winter, as they went by, winners went, yep, good job. That's how it should be. Kind of like, <laughs> you know, don't, don't take no, you know, shit from, you know, don't, don't expect, you know, just everybody to be right. You know, always be on alert. So I thought that was kind of a cool story. I wish they kind of would have shown that. Um, trying to think there was there was a lot of other cool stuff um but points is a cool up you know it kind of it puts it all together at the end you know they 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 kind of start showing people going to go home and stuff like that and and some of the the good stories and we get you know it it kind of wraps it all up yeah i was was surprised we didn't see um malarkey at the game and didn't get to hear about uh you know we did see the interview at the very end with malarkey so you get get to see he is but yeah i was surprised he wasn't there so apparently what happened was is he missed the train back to uh shooting when they were doing that baseball game oh you're kidding (laughs) Uh, so it was the actor that the actor messed it up he was supposed to be there and apparently uh malarkey the, the actual actor was so bummed that he wasn't there in that scene because he remembered that part a lot and so he would have technically been there um, but yeah, that it is one of those, and that was a good feel, uh, a, a feel good moment. I mean, one of the others, and, and this is getting back to a sad moment. Um, but we talked about it in, uh, episode, I think it's eight with Lipton there in the, the convent, right. Or, the, uh, it's, I think it's a church or whatever. And there's the nuns bringing the, the, um, girls to sing and stuff like that. And they're singing and Lipton's talking about how many people started and how many, you know, aren't there anymore. And they start talking about guys and they show them and they show them fading out as as they're talking about them and stuff like that you know that they were here and then they're not you know and now they're not it's such a uh, a dramatic visual of them fading away as he's talking about them and it's like yeah oh. that's i think where he says they they started best best on with uh with uh 160 men and, yeah. and and now they only have 65 left and yeah so right. the sense of, of all the losses. and so that to me so when i when i think back there's there's certain scenes that I always remember of Band of Brothers when when I'm I'm done watching all ten episodes and I I think about it. that is one of the scenes that I always remember is that 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 picture of them and it, you know spanning across them and and as he's saying their names and they're no longer here and them them fading away it's like man it's one of those crazy cool scenes that and, and you know the shelling um, in episode seven. Um, the D-Day drop, things like that. There's so many cool scenes in this 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 show, and so many memorable moments that it's, I it's powerful all the way through, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I I don't know how many times I've watched it, but I I know I haven't watched it in a while, and and I'm super glad I got to watch it again. And now a lot and, more content with the podcast that just came oh, out. Oh yeah. Uh, with all. Oh the, my God! I all the cast and. It makes me wish I would have I would have delved into this earlier. It really does. It, it really makes me wish I would have went back and and um, when we first started watching this, you know, what was that, t- ten years ago, maybe more with the eggs, the, the paprika you, eggs. <laughs> <laughs> but you you made it sound like you you've you've seen this a number of times. That wasn't. Uh, oh yeah, no. The first time you've revisited it, but now no no I more access to more content too. So I think right. That's fair that, I watched this several times um, 
in the 2000s. Like after it came out, you know, I probably watched it at least two times a year for the first three or four years. Um, and then, you know, things got busy. We moved. Things got put away. I didn't have HBO, so I would have had to watch my through my Blu-ray. Um, but I don't think I watched it in, in a while. Yeah, so watching this was was is incredible. Again, I'm I'm so happy to have done that, and and timing wise, couldn't have been better. The, finding the the official podcast um, from the Band of Brothers, you know, it's sponsored by HBO. They got the actors, directors, and and writers in to talk about uh, stuff on each episode, which is it's really cool. The 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 main host, he's a little goofy. He's an English guy, you know, not horrible, <laughs> but kind of goofy. But listen. Listening to the to the actors and the people talk, it was incredible. Especially if you get a chance to listen to um, the guy who played Sink, uh, Carl. Oh, I can't think of his name right now. He's the guy who did the the uh, boot camp for him, the yeah. actual uh, soldier. Right, we talked about him last week, sure. Yeah, so so good, and by uh, by far the most crazy. Like it's hard to even believe it's the same guy um, who plays Winners. His his interview, I believe, is in the last episode does not sound like him at all he is so so heavy english accent it's it's ridiculous for him to be able to pull off the accent he did in the show and, and with what what he did is incredible so really, so was really it a good. coincidence that you're wearing your gi joe uh, shirt or is that in honor of the you know it's funny podcast? i i put this on this morning thinking about and i i literally went oh we're gonna do that episode tonight and so i it was just the shirt I grabbed to put on this morning for work, but I also did think about that. I was like, oh, I'm good with that. Nice. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, uh, I mean, I, I wish we could get some more content like this. I, I really do. And, and I know Pacific was done, which was supposed to be um, kind of the, the Pacific Theater, the Marines that took, you know, attacked uh, Okinawa or uh, I, don't, I don't know why I say Okinawa, but uh, fought back in Japan and, and, and all in the Pacific theater. I remember trying to watch it and not enjoying it as much. So, um, but I've heard people say it's better. I've heard people say it's worse. Um, I think it has, I think it's a lot more action, not as much, uh, character building Yeah. because they don't follow a specific company and you don't get the, you don't get to know the people as well. I believe in that one. And I think that's what ruined it for me is, is coming off a band of brothers where you got such a, a tie to these guys and, and cared about them and got to know their names and who was who and, 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 you know, this backstory on them and stuff like that, that you cared about these characters where now it's just Marine one, two and three almost, you know? Um, so, but it is, the Pacific theater was crazy. Like, wicked i mean this the death and, and toll and the the brutalness of it i think was was probably i don't know if to say higher but in in the show i remember being more brutal it, it, it was definitely like more violent as, yeah. as far as a war film goes so that might be part of it too is um if you, if you liked band of brothers and you hadn't seen uh saving private ryan i don't know what hole you're living under but uh <laughs> make sure you uh rectify that because uh band of brothers is basically just a longer version of saving private ryan as far as how good it is how well it's done um story wise i think yeah they're different experiences i believe uh Especially that you know that a lot of there, there's a lot of truth that's 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 coming off the off the uh, 
the scenes Band of in Band of Brothers. Yeah. And when you got 10, 10 episodes, that's, you know, over <laughs> 10 hours versus Saving Private Ryan, it's just a whole different style of movie, movie or filmmaking. Um, and I, I think we've talked a lot, we do a lot of series on this show which you know sometimes get get me a little frustrated. Yeah. You gotta watch a bunch of stuff, and it's like, oh my god, I got a, I got a life, but I got to watch right. a whole bunch of episodes. Um, but I think it's it's a better way of getting, especially. I mean, if it's if it's a good one, it, it, it's a way mm-hmm. of connecting you to the people that are in the series, you know. And that's and that's what this this series is about is is um, seeing. Oh, it's the all about connecting to, to people. Yeah. Whereas Saving Private Ryan, you got two hours and you know you connected, but it's it's not. Well, the same. I meant more. It's it it's a more realistic look at a war film than you've we've had in the past. I yeah. think like I mean it their their representation of the attack on uh, Omaha Beach and stuff like that is is by far one of the most crazy things that i've ever watched yeah well we talked about we talked about one of the episodes i think i brought that up and talking about the high speed shutter speed that they used uh, to kind of give it that that effect i noticed and i i think this was just a a kind of a a, an effect that wasn't planned but i noticed (laughs) in um when they were crossing the river in uh the last patrol you know when that when the fifteen men are crossing the river, one of the boats mm-hmm. capsizes, and I think it's actually when they're coming back after they've gotten the 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 three prisoners and one of them they left on the beach and the other two they're bringing back. <laughs> and I got a sense that maybe it was because it was moonlight, you know, that they were shooting on, but everything was kind of black and white the way that the they had had the the film saturated, except when there were blasts and then like everything came alive in the color. And to me, it almost seemed like a um, an effect they were going for, but at the same mm. time, I think it was just it was just kind of a coincidence the 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 level of saturation they used for the films throughout <laughs> the entire series just made oh, yeah. the scene um, come across that way. But uh, in most in most cases, this entire series didn't really depend on any sort of of film uh, style or, or or any sort of any sort of trick to yeah trickery like yeah exactly. Yeah. Saving so, Private Ryan did, did a little bit with the high speed, uh, okay. but I thought it was so effective. So I know that that river scene, um, uh, Grimes Malarkey was talking about, he was so happy that he was able to get out of that because apparently they did shoot that at night, and that may be the way why it's the way it is. And he said that water was so freaking cold, <laughs> and he knew those guys were in it, and he said like it was, it was one of the most miserable times filming. And he's like, I'm so glad I got out of that because he yeah. knew. Just... That's right. And one of the boats capsizes at the beginning, too. So they got to go into yeah. the water. Yeah. Yeah. There, oh, there's a couple of them. And apparently, like, you know, however many times. I think he said he, they had to shoot it over three nights and things Ugh. like that. And, but, yeah, he was talking about it was actually shot at night in this freezing cold water. I was like, ooh, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I, I understand. So, yeah. cool. I, I mean, I don't... There's so much about this. This is one of those ones that would almost been good to go episode by episode, scene by scene, and talk about. But I mean that you, you, it that would just be its own part. I mean you could you could get, you know, there's these podcasts out there that do uh, movies where they'll do uh, they'll do two minutes or one minute at a time, and they'll talk about that one minute. This would be an interesting one to kind of do that with. Uh, you know, it it would just be. 
it would be kind of, I mean, they don't do two hours like we do on, on just a one minute, but they, they, you know, they do 15, 20 minutes on each minute kind of thing. And I, oh man, it, this, this is one that you could fucking break down so much with in, in that kind of aspect, which would be kind of fun. Not that we're going to do that. Not that I want to be part of that, but I might listen. I might listen to something like that if it was the right, right people doing it. So, right. Um, great up. Ep- Great, great, you know, great series. I, I can't, I can't praise it much higher. I mean, uh, every time I go on the IMDb, if I go into each episode, they ask me to rate it. I, I rated this thing a ten all the way across. Um, I, I don't think I could, I could not do that personally. Um, it, it's, it is what it is. So it works. Yeah. Yep. Cool. <laughs> all right. Well. Uh, Hope you enjoyed all this. Uh, we talked a lot about uh, this over the last two two podcasts. Um, join us next week. I believe we're going to be talking about, we're going to be back with MCU, and we're going to be talking about the new movie Shang-Chi that uh, has now just been released on uh, Disney+. Plus. Good, because so, I haven't seen it yet, and I'm hoping that uh, I'll be able to check it out yeah, there. Uh, yeah, Disney just did that whole big uh, day of Disney Plus or whatever. They put a bunch of new stuff on Disney Plus. Uh, we got uh, Hawkeye's coming soon. I am so stoked for that. I am literally that is like, like that's the next uh, you know mini series that you know the uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier we talked about earlier. You got Loki. This is the one I think I was most excited about when I knew it was coming, and I think it's because I like Hawkeye and I feel like he gets a fucking bad pull from a lot of people so i'm hoping it kills and it looks really good so that's starting actually next week i believe oh, really? um, but yeah they i thought it was yeah there was a christmas time no no it's i believe it's next week i'm, I'm pretty sure it's next wednesday yeah. um so i'm super excited about that and then um but yeah shang chi just got released on it there's a couple other stuff eternals is out in the theaters um i saw it you could wait if, if you haven't seen it yet don't don't feel like you have to go out and rush out and <laughs> too bad too just, bad just yeah. gonna say i, I saw it's Dune, not bad when you watched eternals i went and saw dune in the theater for the second time so that was oh bad. right right <laughs> i i saw i did watch dune too i watched it on tv um matter of fact i think uh bo was a little upset because we we spoiled some stuff about that last week <laughs> <laughs> he texted right. me he's like That's spoiler right. warning motherfucker <laughs> i'm like wow whatever um so the book came uh, out in 65 come on <laughs> yeah right um so yeah, uh, but Disney Disney's definitely got got some stuff going on. They're 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 definitely looking to kick their their stuff up. Uh, so yeah, if if you've got Disney Plus and you haven't seen Shang Chi, check that out. Uh, we'll be talking about that next week uh, with our main MCU crew. And right. uh, other than that, I think that's about it for us. That works for me. I'll I'll put a uh-huh. shout out to the uh, production of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Five or Indiana <laughs> Jones Five, which is still shooting, and it sounds like they're they're having a lot of struggles with production, uh, with uh, injuries, and, and it sounds like someone on the crew ended up dying. But it was uh, oh it was, shit, it was it, was, it wasn't uh, related to the production. It was just oh okay, uh, he died. So, but it, it it does not sound like they're having a good time with their production. So I, I wish them Let's the have, best oh. because I'd love to see a good a good yeah. movie come from uh, Harrison that, Ford's that in this one, right? Harrison Ford, yeah. Yeah. So hope he doesn't break a hip. He's too old for that. He'll never recover. That's right. <laughs> Good, yeah. No, um, yeah, we're getting into that season where hopefully things will start kicking up. Uh, you know, uh, they started filming things, so hopefully we'll start getting stuff. I Like I said, the most I'm excited for right now, Hawkeye. And nice. the, I think we've got at least six weeks of it. So I'm, I'll be super excited about that. There's the Obi-Wan right, well, series, too. 
Uh, yeah, got, I don't, I'm not looking. I don't uh, care. Uh, whatever. <laughs> they, they they're bringing back. back for uh, Darth Vader. Yeah. No. Yeah, I know. That's kind of why I'm like, eh. All right. Uh, I'm not. I just. I'm not as excited about Star Wars stuff. Book. Uh, book. Uh, book of Boba Fett. Uh, trailer's yeah. been released and yeah. stuff. I, I'm not not excited about that either. I wasn't too excited about that. So. Oh, I thought you were a Boba Fett fan. <laughs> Uh, I liked Mandalorian, but uh, I'm yeah I am, but it just I, I wasn't too impressed with the uh, the trailer. So cool, good thing. All right, well join us again next week on how we seize it when we talk about Shang Chi. Um, find us on our Facebook group or Instagram. Uh, hit us up with an email at hwsi or the dot the dot hwsi dot podcast at gmail dot com. Let us know what you want us to talk about or have any problems with it. Or just to say hi, we'll take that too. Uh, some drink suggestions, you know. Drink suggestions, yeah. So, or uh, yeah, just uh, follow us on uh, Instagram. I try and throw baller drinks on there or Facebook, um, so you can see what the drinks look like. And uh, one of these days, I'm gonna put out a book that has all of the episodes and all the drinks we had. Nice. I know. I got I got some more work to do on that, but I got some days coming off uh, with a holiday, so it'll be fun. All right. All right. With that, good night. Hail Caesar's. Thank you.